You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. Good morning, everybody. Yes, I am Brittany. If you don't know me, um, I'm the wife of Ryan Brink, who just spoke last week. And yeah, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. (laughs) What a fun morning to speak on. And the month of February is kind of like a, a special month for me. Ryan, I think, mentioned last week that we celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary on February 1st. We got married in a snowstorm. Yeah, so we've been married seven years. Um... But there's another anniversary in the month of February that's super special. And this month, 17 years ago, I experienced the love of God like I never, ever thought possible when I was 15. And so I I don't have a specific day, um, but it was in February when I was 15, I met Jesus. And now I totally got saved when I was eight. I said the prayer and I believe that, that I was totally saved. But at 15, I had a moment on a dirty carpeted floor. <laughs> gross. It smelled gross, I remember. But I was flat out laying on this carpeted floor in a youth church in Messina, New York, bawling my eyes out. A good kind of cry, everybody. Bawling my eyes out, meeting Jesus for the first time. I feel like I'm going to cry already. Have I been speaking for like one minute? Okay. Yeah. So I met Jesus. So it has been 17 years this month, which is so so cool. But I am really, really thankful for my church here. Who's thankful for their church? Who's thankful for Harvest? Yes. I'm really, really thankful for Pastor Roy, who's running a camera right here. Um, I'm thankful that he let all of us shenanigans speak (laughs) and practice. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. But something else um, uh, that is really cool. Somebody may, people may not know about me. So yeah, I moved here. I'm American. I moved here. Um, I said that like, that's a bad thing. I love being an American, (laughs) but I really, really, really love Canada. Okay. I love Canada is one, my heart, everybody. Okay. (laughs) But I moved here to Canada when I married Ryan seven years ago. And, um, but before that years and years ago, when this building was first purchased around there, I came with a group of teenagers and I helped scrape the old tiles downstairs. I think the tiles were like red or something. I can't really remember. Yeah. Okay. They were red. So I remember scraping these old tiles and you can't script that kind of stuff. God knew that this would be the church that I go to, that I love, that I'm changed in, that I'm challenged in. And to go even further, downstairs is where I have spent the most time in the past seven years because I I just served the kids. And I say I preached all the time here. I preached downstairs to the kids. (laughs) So I spent the most time downstairs. It's just really cool. I love my church. If you are, yes, I'm speaking today, week six of Retrofit Your Prayer Life. But if anyone is tuning in for the first time or if just Harvest is your home, you will be happy to know that Pastor Roy will be back next week. Yes, he'll be back next week, and hopefully we're going to be in, everybody's going to be here. So that's amazing. Um, Before we jump in, 
There's a lot of like hooting and hollering. This is, this is good. <laughs> All right. Before we jump in, let's pray, okay? Jesus, we just thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for what you're already doing. And God, I just thank you that you're going to stir um, stir in us like a warrior spirit today. There's going to be something powerful that happens this morning and it, and the power is going to come from your word. God, I just thank you that I'm just, I'm just a, a human who didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. You just, yeah, but you're just going to use me. And I thank you for that because you're just going to work through me to touch and you're, you're, you Holy Spirit, you're going to just be in every home and every heart this morning. And you're going to do something so great. I'm excited. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So when Ryan and I uh, were looking to buy our first home, we looked at 23 houses. And we had just finished our uh, looking at the 22nd house. And our realtor said, hey, if you have a a little bit of time, um, I I can show you a house that that I'm selling. It's in San Andrews. And we were like, "Eh." looking at houses was fun for us. So it wasn't... uh, like a big deal to look at another one. We're like, okay, cool. We'll look at that one. And she's like, well, I'm not really sure if you'll like it because there's a road in the backyard. And we're like, whatever, we'll just, we'll go look at it. So we drove out to San Andrews and we drove in the driveway and I didn't have any like goose bumpy feelings or anything because this house, it, <laughs> I don't think it has like curb appeal necessarily, but when we pulled into the driveway, there were a few things that I liked about it. Okay. Like the, the road that it was on, the yard, the trees, the paved driveway, because I knew how much that would cost if we were to, to get that done. So I was like, okay, this is, this is all right. When we walked into the house, we walked up a few stairs, and I knew exactly in that moment, I knew I wanted this house because I had the two major things, one major thing that I wanted, an open concept in the main area, living area, so I could like be in the kitchen and the living room at the same time. <laughs> That's what I wanted. If we had company, which we planned to have company a lot, not having company lately, but you know, um, I had that. And one really special thing that I just like, I just asked God about, I really wanted was high ceilings. I just think it feels airy and nice and, and just open and big. So this house has like a cathedral ceiling in the main living spot, living area. So it had that. And I, I, I wanted this house. I didn't even look like it could have had an outhouse. and I still wanted this house. Okay. Like this is the house that I wanted. So I had to keep that in the weird thing that we do when we're looking at houses, if we really like it. We don't really say that we like it. We just hold it in. But anyway, I was like trying to motion to Ryan. I want this house. The, the realtor, she took us, I had already decided, but she took us outside to show us the, the property lines of, property lines of the, the home and the property. And she was like, still kind of like, hey, I know there's a, a, a road in the backyard. If you've ever been to our house, the road is farther out. It's not that big of a deal. And uh, she was like, you could totally push. She showed us the lines of our property. She's like, you could totally put a fence around your whole property. And that would really keep it safer if you guys are going to have kids. And she's talking it up. Little did she know I already wanted it. And we were like, if you've been to our house, we wouldn't, we totally would not put a fence around our property. That would be kind of weird because we're in the country. Um, so we were like, yeah, 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 okay. And then a few days later, we bought the home and we did not put a fence up. <laughs> we did not put a fence up around our property. But when the Brinks moved to Maloney Road, we did establish something. And it's nothing that anybody can see, but we trust that it's there. And it's a hedge of protection. We prayed when we moved into our home, our new home, our first home that we purchased, we prayed for a hedge of protection, just God's protection around our home, our property, 
our marriage, our, our future family that's going to live there, the people that would be coming into our home, we prayed a protection over that area. So we didn't build a fence, but we prayed God, God's protection. Now, where does this come from in the Bible? And the, we see it in the book of Job. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Job. If, if you are not familiar with the Bible, find Psalms is in the middle, and Job is just one book ahead of that. Um, we have a lot to talk about this morning, so I'm not going to wait for you to find it. I'm just going to read, okay? <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. All right, so Job. Now, when I first found out I had... Um, I was going to speak from a passage in Job. I was like, no, <laughs> because Job's complicated. All right. It's complicated. And so if, if I encourage, we're just scratching the very, very tiny surface of Job. I encourage you to read it all. It's long, <laughs> but I encourage you to read it. But if you're like me, I, if I'm going to read a book like this in the Bible, I like to read with a Bible that has like some commentary or some footnotes or something like that just to help you understand. It really helps me. Uh, so Job 1 through 10. 1, 1 through 10. In the land of Uz, not uh, Oz, Uz, I think that's how you pronounce it, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their three sisters to drink and eat with them. When a period of fasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Okay, curtains close. Scene change, all right? One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Do you think God didn't know where he came from? <laughs> it's funny how God asks questions. He's setting him up. <laughs> Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth and going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him, no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. God is totally talking Job up here, which I think is so cool. And then here, here's Satan again. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. We're going to stop there and we're going to zero in on verse 10, where Satan says, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Now, Satan is pretty much saying, hey, you said, have you considered Job? But I went there to torment him and do the things that I do to people. <laughs> I went there and I can't touch him. You said, have I considered him? But I can't touch him. You have like these hedges around him and his home and his family and everything that he has. I can't touch him. I want to pause here, okay? If you're anything like me, <laughs> when you read things in the Bible or just like hear things in church, there's things that are like easy to understand. And then there's other things that are just like annoyingly confusing. Okay. And one thing, one thing that is annoyingly confusing is the word hedge, this hedge of protection. If I'm going to be protected from Satan, I, 
I would prefer a cement wall <laughs> with some like rebar in it or like just something like that, not shrubs. Okay. Like I don't want a shrub. So, but I just want to, if you're like me, if you think of that, like I want to praying a hedge of protection, praying a bunch of shrubbery around me. No, I want, I, but I want to like, <laughs> if you're like me, that's just what I think when I hear that. But here, I want to just like nerd everybody out for a second. Okay, we have to look back in biblical times. So back then, it would be way too expensive and, and really take a really long time to build like a wooden fence or a stone wall or something around uh, like a living area and around cattle or uh, gardens or something. It would take a really long time, a waste of resources, okay? So back then, you could induce a hedge or a thorn bush to grow around an area quite thick. So a thorn bush would be too dangerous for animals to get through and that sort of thing. So and we're not just talking like our gardens here where like we got to get those rabbits to go away. The rabbits are just like eating our lettuce. Back like here, this time in this area, there were like lions and bears, okay? <laughs> and so, and Satan, there's, a, there's a, a verse in the Bible that says Satan is like a lion prowling around looking for someone to devour. So a hedge, a thorn hedge is a perfect metaphor for God's protection. And that's why... That's where it's from, okay? Now that we have that cleared up, Satan spills the beans, okay, when he says, have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has? And we're gonna use this and like right back at him this morning, okay? And we can take this and apply it to our lives, but I do first wanna ask why. I have a four-year-old who asks why all the time. Why? Why if, if God is our protector and, and almighty everything. Why do we have to pray for protection? Why? I, I ask these questions like, why? You're my protector. Like, why do I have to pray all the time <laughs> for protection? And I want to talk about this real quick. There is a quote that shakes me, okay? It's from Craig Groeschel. And it is, the greatest trick the enemy has ever played is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. The greatest trick the enemy has ever played is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. He exists and he hates God and he hates you and me. Great encouraging word, Brittany. <laughs> I know, I know, okay? Let's look at some scripture real quick. Ephesians six twelve. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that's pretty much saying, if you're not familiar with that, it's saying that our battles, our issues are not just with the things that we see. There's a whole other spiritual realm around us, okay, with things going on. And this is the verse I was talking about, 1 Peter 5, 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, this little section in, the, in my message when I was preparing, I wanted to just take it out. And I, I'm, I, think, I think it's because I, I, if there's a pendulum, I swing way over here. I don't really think about the devil a whole lot. I don't think about saying, I, I just feel like we're not supposed to give him any more credit than he needs. I don't think we are. But 
I swing a little bit too far sometimes, I'm going to be honest. And like, and I'm just someone who like, if someone has a, a sore throat and they're like, the devil is attacking me. I'm like, dude, just rest and drink some tea and pop a cough drop. You're going to be okay. Like, I just like, I just don't think everything is an, is a, an attack from the enemy. But as I'm, pre- even as I'm preparing this message, I just feel like God's God's opening up my eyes even a bit more to see we do have an enemy. There is stuff going on, but we don't need to be afraid. This section is not to scare us because of Jesus and because of what he's done and because of the authority he has given us to pray protection. Okay? And we're going to talk about that. So God has given us authority to pray three things. A hedge around, this is in your notes, a hedge around me. Okay? Now, First off, if Jesus prayed for himself, we need to pray for ourselves. And I think something that the enemy would do, that Satan would do, is to get us with a whole list of people to pray for. And we're praying for all these things. Like if you have a list of people to pray for, keep that list. But if you're not on that list, you need to edit that list. Because I think the enemy would have us, us Christians, have us praying for all these things, but still stay in bondage. Having, having, like finishing our prayer list, but still not having freedom in our lives. So we got to get ourselves on the, on our list and pray for ourselves. Okay. There are lots of hedges of protection that we can pray over ourselves, emotional, spiritual, and all that. But as I was preparing, I really felt like, uh, to, to ask the Holy Spirit to zero in on a few things. And I, I believe he did. And there's a major one that I want to talk about when when we talk about praying for ourselves. And it is to pray protection over our minds, especially with the pandemic. I think there's like the enemy has a heyday with our minds, especially in something like this. And if you're if you've been around church at all, uh, you can think about when you think about our minds, there's a lot of things that we can think about. But before we talk about that verse. I want to, there's a, a, a verse that is worth memorizing. It's 2 Timothy 1, 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. And that's a promise. That is a verse to memorize, okay? God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And so how do we get a sound mind? We need to take our thoughts We need to take our thoughts and guard them, the stuff that's going on between our ears, and guard them aggressively. So if you've been around church for a while, I'm sure you're thinking, yes, I need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Yes, that is, I'm not being facetious or anything, that's the word of God, that's what we're supposed to do. But what in the world does that mean? Okay, and here's that verse. It's 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, if you're like me too, there's certain things that we hear that sounds really good, but I don't know how to do it. And we're gonna discover how to do that this morning, all right? In our, in our notes, how to take every thought captive. Step number one, okay? Think about what you think about. So when your mind is spinning and staticky and really loud, stop. And let's think about what we're thinking about. All right? Think about what you're thinking about. And I'm just going to use this example. All right, I'm thinking there's a lot of stuff going on. Think about what you're thinking about. That's number one. Number two, once you have like the main thought, 
capture it. And that's even kind of like, how do you capture a thought, right? A thought, I think when you capture a thought, you just kind of separate it from yourself, write it down really quick. And I just, I want to use an example of like, all right, I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. Ultimately, I feel like I'm worthless. I'm worthless. So here's my thought. I, maybe I wrote it down. I am worthless. This is how I feel. This is the main thought. I am worthless. Capture it. Number three, test it. All right, so this thought, I'm going to test it. How in the world do I test it? We use the word of God. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. These are the things that, that create a healthy mind. So this thought, I am worthless, well, the first one is, is this true? <laughs> no. So this thought, it fails. So step number four, if it fails the test, trash it. So we can't like take this thought and put it in the garbage. But this thought, we can say, thought that I am worth, this thought that I am worthless, you can go to hell because a thought like that originated there. A thought like that originated there. So we can say that thought can go back to hell where it belongs and where it originated because that is not true about me. And number five, replace it with truth. we always got to replace it with truth. So truth, truth, the word of God, find a verse that resonates with you or just so I am worthless. What would a truth be? I am a child of God that has an inheritance from heaven and a great destiny. Write that truth down and post it somewhere. <laughs> so you may be thinking, oh my gosh, five steps, Brittany. This is going to take me forever. This can happen in like a minute or it can, it, you may need some help. Uh, the, I didn't, I have to say in my 17 years, I didn't really, really, really start to do this until about a year ago when I got counseling. When I just, when I, when I start to really understand some things, when I was like, ah, oh, how do I really take all these things that are in my mind and do something with them? So we need help sometimes. And if you don't believe that we need help sometimes and need other people, listen to Mia Nogler's message from January 3rd. We need people. That was a powerful message about how, how we need people, okay? So if we do this, we capture our thoughts. If we do this, and we'll need to do this our whole lives, hopefully a little less as we go on and get more freedom in our lives. But as we do this, we're going to see in the ways, the ways that the enemy has been lying to us, and we're going to have minds that are more free. We're going to have minds that are more free, okay? Two, a hedge around my home. A hedge around my home. Whoever's in your home, God has been has entrusted to you, your husband, your wife, your kids. And we have authority to pray a hedge of protection around them. And one really, really practical thing that we can do when it comes to our protection around our homes is uh, just go throughout your home and pray. Turn on some worship music. Make it fun. We don't need to make it more than it needs to be. Because he who is in us is greater than who, he who is in the world. So we don't need to be afraid. But we can walk around our home and worship and pray in every single room. Touch the walls if you feel like you need to. And pray and ask for God's presence to rest there. His hedge of protection to be around every area. Angels at every corner of your home and every corner of your property. Okay? We can do that. We have authority to do that. I have a funny story about asking for God's presence. I was tucking Everest in one night and I was praying as I usually do. And I was like, God, just let your presence rest in Everest's room. Everest shoots up and he's like, 
they're going to be presents <laughs> in my room. I was like, oh, well, no, <laughs> sorry to disappoint, but God's presence. Yes, we ask for God's presence to, to rest in our home, his peace, right? So that's a really practical thing we can do. Take some verses and read verses throughout your home. Pray them over your house. There's In your notes, there's two really great ones for, for homes. When it comes to homes to our home, a hedge of protection around our home, I was thinking about marriages. Now, I, I feel like I have nothing to say about, <laughs> about marriage. I don't think I can say anything about marriage until like we've hit like the 50-year mark or something, okay? I don't think I do. But there's something that I ask God, can you zero in on something? Because there's so many things that we can pray protection around our marriages right? If you're married, you, if you're married, you, you get me there. And so I, I really feel it to, to zero in on praying God's hedge of protection around our communication. And this is something that Ryan and I pray all the time. God protect our communication, bless our communication, because things can get pretty iffy there, right? If things are not being communicated properly or in the right way or just communicated at all, right? So there's a little story. When we were first married, Ryan said something. He had this like phrase that he said to me all the time, it felt like, and it bugged me. So it just like irritated me. And, and I didn't really say anything. I was like, oh, whatever. And then a little later on, it didn't just irritate me. It's like, it hurt me. It started to, every time he said it, it hurt. Like it felt like a dagger in me. And I'm like, ah, that hurts. And then still didn't say anything a little while, a little longer then just making me mad. <laughs> it just making me mad. Okay. So I started like, that's irritating. Like that hurts. Now I'm mad. <laughs> so, and usually anger, usually anger means there's some pain there. So I was just hurt. So I was getting angry. So finally I said something, I said to him, oh, I have to tell you what it was, right? You're curious. What did Ryan say? It's not going to be a big deal to you guys, but it was to me. And he would say, does that make sense? He would be talking about something or just sharing something or explaining something. And he'd be like, does that make sense? And I don't know, it just bugged me. And, and I realized, I thought about it. Why does this bug me so much? And I realized it's more me. <laughs> and I realized it makes me feel like he thinks I'm stupid. And so like, I'm like, Ryan thinks I'm stupid. And then it started to get to, I'm stupid. Like, it's just like this stuff, you know? And then there's like other childhood stuff that comes up, you know, wants to rear its ugly head. And so I have this feeling of like, my husband thinks I'm stupid and I am stupid just from this one line. So you can imagine every time he said it, which felt like all the time, (laughs) he, it was hurting me. And then I was just getting angry. So finally I went to Ryan. I can't remember if I went to him in a good happy no or I don't remember (laughs) I wish I could say I do but I don't so I I went to Ryan and I communicated to him okay and I finally said hey this hurts when you say this it makes me feel stupid and and so it was really good to communicate that but the way Ryan responded to me needed to be (laughs) that's a communication as well I went to him and told him but he I think I waited too long but he when he he react when when he responded to me, he could have been super defensive and said, Brittany, what's your problem? I didn't mean to hurt you. Like, stop being so sensitive. I, d- I don't think you're stupid, okay? He could have just responded that way, but he didn't, thankfully. If he would have responded that way, I would have just shrunk back. I am stupid. <laughs> Ryan thinks I'm stupid. I would have just stayed in that bondage, okay? And so Ryan was like, 
I'm so, I'm super sorry. I didn't mean, uh, of course, I didn't mean to make you feel that way, but I'm sorry that you felt that way, and I'm going to try not to say that. Now, has he said that? Yes, he has said it again, not as much, but now we just get a good laugh at it. But had we not communicated about that, that would have just festered inside of me, right? So I believe that we have the power and the authority to pray protection over our communication as married couples and our kids, our kids. Oh, the many things we can pray about when it comes to our kids, right? Ryan came home um, from work recently and we have a (laughs) four-year-old and it had just been a particularly hard day. And I said to Ryan, like quietly, he didn't hear. And I said to Ryan, when do kids get saved again? Because this kid needs Jesus. Like this kid needs Jesus. (laughs) Lord help me. Like he, (laughs) I just had had a day. Okay. And, uh, all joking aside though, like, yes, he does need Jesus, but All joking aside, the number one thing that I feel to zero in, but I don't even need to ask the Holy Spirit to zero in on something because it is so on my heart. The number one thing, number one thing I pray for protection over my two children is protection around their souls because they need Jesus. They do need Jesus. They're going to be the kids that grow up in church, which I'm so thankful for. And they're going to know a lot about God. And they're going to know probably all the Bible stories. And they're going to have verses memorized. But I don't want them to just know about Jesus. I want them to know him. And I want, there's a verse that I pray. Oh, and the enemy would love to wrap, to steal their destinies, right? To put them in bondage, to confuse their minds, and then top, to top it off, to just cover them in shame and guilt that they feel like they can never get out of, right? That's what he wants to do to our children. So something that I, a verse that I pray over Everest and Luella is John seventeen three. For this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And this verse, Ugh. This verse I found when I was a teenager, like early 20s, and I prayed over myself. because I love it because it says, this is eternal life. Not this. Okay. This is eternal life that they may know you. Not, this is eternal life that Everson Luella would grow up and have a, a job where they make a lot of money. This is eternal life that they would have families that are like picture-perfect Christian families. This is eternal life, that they would grow up and just be prestigious or influential or whatever. All those things are great. But it it doesn't say those things. It says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So that's something that I pray over them. But something else with that is, I don't just pray that they would know Jesus. I pray that they will enjoy their relationship with him. That they would enjoy their relationship with him. I don't want them to, to... I pray they have to make their own choice, but I pray that they would find the adventure in Jesus because if they don't, they'll go somewhere else to find adventure, but because I don't want them to just leave out of boredom. I want them to find the adventure in Jesus, the risk, the craziness, the challenge that it is to follow Jesus. I don't want them leaving out of monotony and boredom. I want them to stay out of adventure in Jesus, out of an adventure of what it is to follow Jesus. Okay. That's what I want for them. And that's what I I pray a protection over them. And I pray as they follow Jesus, when they mess up, not if, when they mess up, that they would run to him, that they would run to other people and not let the enemy pour shame on them, okay? And something else that I pray for them 
persistently, persistently, almost every night. Luella's only eight months, and I'm like praying this over her as I'm like putting her to bed. I pray that they would be a man and woman of integrity. Integrity is just a big word for who you are when no one's looking. And that's, I pray that, and you may just think, okay, like, where does this come in play, come into play when it comes to protection? And I'll tell you, integrity within us will build a shield around us. Integrity within us will build a shield around us. Okay. And this is not just a great one-liner. It come, it's in the word of God. And just, and listen to this, Psalm 25, 21. Oh, this is so good. My, may integrity and honesty protect me for I put my hope in you. So that's something that I also, that I pray. And I just want to do a quick, oh gosh, I think I'm out of time. A note to single people. Okay, as I'm talking about a home, our homes, praying protection around our homes, a note to single people. This may just be a reminder to you of the spouse that you do not have yet, the family that you so long for, but you don't have. And I'm just, I just want to let you know this morning that as I was preparing, I just felt like God, like I see you and God sees you this morning. And I just want to tell you that he is pleased to see you. To I, I'm not diminishing the frustration that there is there, that, that like the spouse has not come along yet. But I just want to encourage you to, to take hold of this season of life and invest, invest in your relationship with Jesus and invest and invest and invest because you really are investing in your future, your future family. And just keep praying, keep praying for that future family of yours. Um, last but not least, a hedge around all that is mine. That's a little fill in the blank, a hedge around all that is mine. I'm not going to say a whole lot for this one, but I did give examples. And some other um, translations said, all that, all that is mine or all my possessions or all that concerns me. And I just really like, like all that is mine and all that concerns me because it's not just the things that we own that we pray protection over. Although my first car, I believe we could totally pay, pray protection over our vehicles. First car that I bought for $3,000 in cash. You bet your bottom dollar I was praying protection around that thing. You know, there's, we pray for protection over everything like that. We don't have to worry about a bunch of issues with our vehicles or whatever. But there's a lot of other things that we can pray for that are mine. This is my church, and I'm going to pray God's hedge of protection around it. These are my leaders. This is One of them is reputation. And if you have your pencil or pen, you can write Proverbs 22, 1 next to that. It's a great verse. Our jobs, uh, schools, ministries, finances, lots of things that we can pray God's protection over. Woo! A lot of good stuff, huh? Lots of good stuff. And so I, I just want to just, to end, to end, I just, if you're watching and, and you're just like, this is too good to be true. God is my protector. Too good to be true. It is. It is. He is. It's way too good to be true. And another verse, if it just, I want to really, it's the word of God that protects us. It's the word of God that gives us power. So Psalm 18, two is he is my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. Such a good verse. But I just want to say, if you, like I said in the beginning, it was around this time, around this month that I met Jesus for the first time, shook me. I never, ever, ever knew that you could meet Jesus like that, 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 that I, that he was real like that. And he became real for really real to me for the first time. And if you're out, if you're listening 
and you've never experienced that, you've never asked Jesus into your life, you've never experienced the love of God and the protection of God, he is our protector, but he is also our savior. He's also our savior, and that's even more amazing. And I just want to let you know that this morning, the enemy, we talk about you know Satan a lot, but Jesus said, The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring you life. Jesus brings life. That's what I was experiencing when I was on the gross carpeted floor of a youth church, life. I was experiencing life like I never even knew I could for the first time, like breathing for the first time, experiencing God's love and just wave after wave of grace and just love and washing me clean, making me white as snow. And he can do that this morning. The devil wants to do all that stuff, kill, kill, steal, and destroy. But he, Jesus comes to bring you life. And the enemy wants to wrap us up. If you feel this morning just like bound, he wants to wrap us up with shame and guilt. But Jesus came... He came and he died so we could take, he could take that off of us and wrap us up. I just see like him wrapping people up with a robe of righteousness. And that's something from the Bible, a robe of righteousness. And righteousness is just a big word for right standing with God. We don't have right standing with God apart from Jesus. Jesus makes us right before God. It's all because of him. And I just want to give an opportunity for you to ask him into your, into your life. And, and the Bible says that if we believe in our hearts that Jesus died and rose again and confess it with our mouth, we're saved. We're saved. So I want everybody to just pray with me if you're out there. And your heart is like, I want that. I don't even know what I want, but I want that. (laughs) How about you just pray? Pray that with me. Everybody pray along with me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my protector. I believe you are God. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again to save me from my sin. I want the new life you bring. Come into my heart and make me brand new. Amen. Amen. Ah, Brittany. We should be able to hear you from your living room screaming. That was a great word. I mean, when everything gets put into perspective, doesn't it all make sense? (laughs) Like, it's just, it's amazing. We have some prayer, some things we want to pray for this morning, but I just want to say that El Razor and Atara are here. Hi, guys. All you that are on Zoom this morning, meet El Razor, Ryan's there, Mary and Roxanne. Those are our missionaries from Turkey, and they're here with us this morning. You know, they can be in Turkey, but they're here with us. Hey, give it up. So awesome. So, so awesome. Uh, We have some prayer things this morning. We're praying for Lucy with healing for her back and Anthony's mom who has cancer. Kathy who's just been diagnosed with skin cancer. Come on, we're going to press in this morning. We're going to pray and we're going to believe like never before. You know, there I heard on uh, this week on the news, there are people actually dying on doorsteps of shelters in Montreal. 
You know, we need to pray. We need to pray for openings. We need to pray for miracles and for things to just open up. Um, Let's just press in this morning. Father, we come to you this morning, God, and you see all our prayer requests, Father. We're praying, God. We're praying specifically for cancer this morning, God. We're praying for back pain, God. We're praying for you just to heal, God, to move in and to make space, God. And, And Father, we're praying for those that are lonely and depressed and anxious in this time. God of COVID, a worldwide pandemic where things seem so bleak. But God, you're still on your throne today. You haven't gotten down, God. You haven't left us. You haven't forgotten about us, God. And we're just asking you, God, to find a way where there seems no other way. Because God, you're the God of miracles. Father, we're praying for for people that need space this morning opened up so that they can have a place to be warm, a place to be fed, a place just us to be safe. God, we're praying for Matt to get time off to be with his young daughter, Haley, as they're going for medical treatments this month. God, we're praying for um, someone that wants to be accepted into university. God, these are nothing for you. They're nothing for you, God. You can open a way where there seems no other way, God. And we're just praying this morning and we're asking. God, we're approaching you and saying, Jesus, will you make a way where there seems no other way? Father, you are the God of miracles. You are the God of protection. You're the God of financial blessing. You're the God of jobs. You're the God of healing. You are just the God, Father, that does and gives. Father, we thank you this morning, Father. We praise you this morning. And God, we say we give all of this to you because you are the almighty Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We do have some uh, praise reports. Jeremy's son made it to BC and has started a job. Come on, that's something to celebrate. Um, And then after some health scares, Judy is feeling back to normal and symptom-free. Come on, let's praise Jesus this morning. That's awesome. If you do have a prayer request, uh, we would love you to text, email, or leave a voicemail. Or leave your info on the screen. But we want to believe with you this morning. Um... I want to say I'm doing this solo this morning because pastor's down here running the Wally Dolly. It's quite a scene to watch. I wish you could all see it, but he is down here working and he actually knocked it off the stand. And he can't even stand up for himself this morning. But I heard it fall off during Brittany's word. Yeah, he's talking back, but guess what? You can't hear him either. It's awesome. It's awesome. Continue to pray. on our worship, our worship nights on Tuesday night. Uh, we have this Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Make sure you show up. It's a time where we can just worship before you go off to your small groups. And um, it's it's really a real sweet time. I'm going to miss it when those when we're done with this, but um, it's amazing. Hey, you've all been waiting for the big announcement, but I'm watching it on the thread here. I think it was Graham Wilson that blew it. But honestly, Graham can't keep anything a secret. Like, oh, everyone said amen. Graham, come on. We are opening back up next week. So guess what you have to do? You have to head to hcfcornwall.ca slash register, and you have to register because obviously we have limited spaces. But how awesome is it that we're opening back up? And um, you know what? It's going to be a party in here. And it's, it's just going to be amazing. But make sure you go on there and you register. And um, we can't wait to see you. I do believe we'll still be continuing with our Zoom so that you can join. And if you can't be here, you can still be here. Um, but that's awesome. Well, 
This is the end of our service, and uh, it's been awesome to be with you today. Have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. Treat your sweetheart, and you know, uh, just have a great week, Harvest, and we're going to see you back here in the building next Sunday. God bless you all.